Hello and welcome to another edition of Bertie and Paul. I am delighted to be joined at the start of November by uh, Martin Henry. How are you doing, Chief? Evening. I'm good, thanks. You alright? Yeah, good. And the, the, the famous Dan Devaney. How are you doing, Mr Devaney? <laughs> I'm always good. Can't complain. So, uh, I sat in the outside that Roxy 63 bar and the conversation with a guy with his his, his his like teenage son and I was like Celtic will win this league by Christmas and he was like no chance no way I was like no I, th- I think Celtic are going to win this league by Christmas so well it's, uh, what do you think could I, could I be right Over, overly optimistic as always by Polly Wally but they're rubbish. End of story, aren't they? I think they, I think they've got a lot of injury problems. The team, I watched a bit on Sunday. They just don't have any plan B. Um, if you look at our squad at the moment versus theirs and our ability to, you know, have options on the bench, you know, there's quite. It feels like what was not much of a gap at the end of last season between injuries and sales of their best players versus our recruitment that the gap has definitely um, got a little bit bigger. Um, Obviously, if they get nine injured players back, then you would hope that, or they would hope that they get a bit stronger again and and narrow the gap. But certainly at the moment, we've been lucky with injuries. Our recruitment's been good and uh, you know, we're essentially swapping in and out seven players every game and it's not having any negative impact. What do you think, Dan? I mean... Hmm. I, d- I don't pay... Again, I say that for I don't pay much attention to them. I just know... Like, I don't even watch them, like, so... Um, I noticed that Morelos come off the bench again on flash scorers. He come off the bench. So is he... I know that Kolak's probably the first choice, but is Morelos that far down the line now? Is he still 12, 15 stone or whatever the hell he is? Um, or is he just losing his touch? Or? They're running their contracts down, Kent and Morelos. They're just running their contracts down now, so they're not, not, not going to try and get injured. So. But, but Martin's point is, I have been lucky, although we've lost McGregor and now we've lost a couple of defenders at different points and we've managed it well. Um, we've had a, a decent replacements coming in. I don't know how much of um, uh, replacements Rangers have. You know, I know they were playing a couple of young lads at the back recently. Um, and obviously we've lost yeah, McGregor I mean, this, but this time last year we had yeah this time last year we had you know Adam Montgomery was playing left back That's right. know, one of the impact subs that was coming on was Mikey Johnson you yeah, know correct. Um, if the midfield needed a, a bit of adjustment it was you know it was Beaton coming on so it just kind of feels a little bit different this season from last certainly at this point in the season uh, in terms of the, the options and, and squad depth that we've got um, I know we touched on before we've got depth but is there is there necessary or we've got numbers but maybe not necessarily the depth I think that was maybe after the St Mirren game but whatever way you, you cut it we're certainly squad wise I feel like in a, a stronger position at the moment in answer to the question no trophies are handed out at Christmas, Paul Kane, as you should well know, 
from last season's podcast. No, but, yeah, well, I know, because we can beat them, but this time me and Dan had them 20 points down, remember? Our bottles went. I will get relegated. No, I suppose the point is, the point goes back to, okay, we'll talk about Madrid and we'll talk about the Dundee United, but the point really is Ange talking about AGM, talking about recruitment, learning from mistakes in the Champions League, making the players better, bringing better players in, understand that players might leave. Now, all that stuff uh, mapped into a, a poor Rangers team and maybe a, an easier run in the league. You wonder if we could maybe a, actually progress instead of going back the way with this, sort of, this timeline. Because obviously they will get managers and they'll do X, Y and Z, but this might give us a bit of breathing space to really push on and get some young guys in the team. That's all because it looks like Ange's talking as if he's going to be here for three, four years without wanting not to break Mikey Dow's heart. But then if he's saying, and you've got to believe him in his word, that this really was a trial period for the Champions League, next year we'll be better, we'll learn our lessons. If Rangers are falling apart, then that will give us an opportunity to, to really... Or maybe it won't, maybe Dan, maybe you need that sort of that sort of that constant aggressive uh, competition to make your team better. I don't know. I don't know. Well I think like and let's we are all we all know about this, like we kinda we don't need a strong Rangers, but you need somebody challenging us or else the board will relax and say, Ah, we don't need to spend as much. Oh, we'll win the league with this lesser team. So we need to be careful. We've been caught with that before and all Celtic fans know that and don't want that happening. So if we're strolling it you can just see them going, oh, well, listen, we don't need to spend as much, no, it's necessarily in January, but, well, maybe in January if you're saying the league's over by Christmas, but um, the following yeah. summer when you're really looking to the, improve. The slight difference would be, yeah, the, the slight difference would be when that happened before, uh, first of all, there was no Rangers in the in the league, never mind a, a weak or strong one. The other thing was we weren't competing in the Champions League at that point either. You know, we were just in the... That was, you know, Ronnie Dyla kind of period uh, post-Neil Lennon into Ronnie Dyla. You know, we we were Europa Leaguing it at that stage as well. So I think the combination of those two things meant that the uh, the old budget got a bit of a bit of a hit. Plus, as well, the stadium wasn't full. Um you know, the stadium's full every week at the moment. The stadium wasn't um, full at that point in time either. So, aye, there's there's some common trends, but some uh, some big differences, I think. Um, well, I hopefully, mean, if we can... But there is a difference as well, but the, the point would be then that we, for all, me and Dan were drinking from the Champions League jug last week. There's no more European football. Hearts are looking a bit better. Uh, for definite hearts seem to as if Robbie Nielsen's got them running definitely better Aberdeen are definitely better so maybe there will be some sort of but we won't have a a bit that sort of big test or little test or other test we got last year remember we did have continual games it just kept it so maybe this will be a positive for Ange that you can maybe recruit in January and then move on but certainly the way we're talking now we Ange Postecoglou and the board want us to be a Champions League club. That's really it. And this is with or without a, a competition from any other. We have to get to that position. And that's music to my ears because I just I just, just want us to be competing. 
Uh, you wonder with the World Cup break coming up, who like it, it will favour us. Obviously, Jot has just come back, Starfield's just come back, McGregor will be back once mm-hmm. we come back at Christmas, so we should be at full strength, barring any stupid injuries during the World Cup window when we're down in Australia. The couple of players we have away in World Cup J, but I might give the Huns a chance to bounce back as well. If they've got so many injuries, you know they might come back a bit fresher as well. But yeah. you'd like to think that we're still stronger and better than them. Oh, we're def- I mean, we're def- I mean, also as well as the entertainment value. I mean, Dundee United at the weekend is just entertainment, isn't it? If you take away all my sort of nitpicking football philosophy rubbish, I mean, four two, Park Celtic Park coming goals at the last minute. I mean, it's not going to be a Ronnie Dialer situation where we drop to 30,000 because it's just people are not engaged. I think the crowd mostly are fully engaged with hands. Would you think so, Hendo? Yeah, I think so. I mean, last week there were Celtic had two games: Real Madrid away and Dundee United at home. And you know, the Dundee United at home game was the biggest game that Celtic had last week. And you know, it showed with the the numbers that turned out to the stadium and also the intensity of the crowd to get the team over the line. You know, when that went to to two each, there weren't there weren't many people who didn't believe that we could go on and, and, and nick a goal. Um, you know, so I think that also kind of shows a good good intensity and good and good focus from the fans at the moment as well and that, you know, getting the results on the Saturday and getting three points and keeping the pressure on in the league is just the, the most important thing at the moment. Is it, there's certainly a, a special thing about the Saturday, so that sort of kick-off time and just being able to just play and get the, get the game won and whatever happens, the rest of the games is is fine by us. I mean, I, I, I think, but... I mean, again, I'm talking from my point of view. I think there was a bit of magic, a bit of sprinkle dust during the week. Or maybe we were there, I suppose. But I think when you see Celtic stepping out against the biggest club in Europe and then you see Liverpool then today getting them, you start to think to yourself, well, we could... We, we, we could be running about this sort of world for the next four or five years with Ange and doing a bit better every time, you know. That's what he's telling us. So I think when we come mm-hmm. back from that, the Dundee United game, obviously they're tired, but they, they must be buzzing collectively. Matt O'Reilly, I mean, we, we, I mean, we sat there, me and Murdo were sitting there at the game, the Real Madrid game, and just saying, Matt O'Reilly must be absolutely pinching himself. I mean, I've factored you through most of his players and thinking, Matt O'Reilly was kicking himself because he had a bad pass at 60 odd minutes at Real Madrid. I mean, he was playing for what? He was he playing against last year, QPR or something like that? MK Duns. I mean, he's playing that, these sort of QPR rubbish teams and then suddenly he's, he's strutting his stuff or trying to strut his stuff against the best club in the world. I mean, that's fairy tale, but also showing you the opportunity Celtic give you. So the players. Well, they must be buzzing. Because, I mean, we're basically, if you sit with Celtic, if you sign for Celtic, they say, we're going to give you a, a window to present your skills to the world. Van Dyke, Tierney, Armstrong, OK? And that's what we did. We did. We, we, we gave our part of the bargain and, and was able to show Celtic off to the, to the whole of Europe. Well, I thought we did anyway. So... It's interesting times, eh? It's interesting times. So, what we'll, we'll, we'll are we talking about Madrid then, Dan? We do this. Give it one more. 
<laughs> me, me, me and Dan, the special relationship. <laughs> I, Hendo, what did you think of it then? You, did, you didn't, you weren't, you got to see some of it, didn't you? Or was it just disappointing from your end? I mean, we were different because we were there, so. I, I honestly, I, I said this to Mikey Dahl on the phone, and this might uh, sound a wee bit negative. It felt very tartan army, the whole uh, Real Madrid. Uh, fixture purely from the point of view we were out completely and it was like it was a totally meaningless fixture um, other than obviously the, the kind of glamour side of it's Real Madrid, it's Celtic it's the Bernabeu and that fixture never ever comes around so mm-hmm. you know the, the kind of once in a lifetime uh, aspect, you know, was pretty special, was but I just kind of felt that the first five games, it was all business, and then I just felt like that one was almost a bit like, as I say, just a wee bit tartan army folk, just happy to be there. It's almost like the the result didn't matter so much. Everyone's just having a a, a sing song and a carry on. Um, which is fair enough, pay your money, you know, go have a good time. Um, as I say, I'm probably just being a wee bit negative that up until that game, I thought it was all, as I say, all business, and then it just kind of fell away. And that's kind of, to be honest, I was glad once Saturday came round, and that was in the that was in the rear view mirror a bit because it could have been a big distraction. You saw, you know, going to two each. If you get pumped off Madrid and then you drop points on the Saturday, it's not really been a good week. Um, so I, I think, to say, it was once in a lifetime. I would have loved to have been there as well, but ultimately it was a wee bit of a, a dead rubber. Um, but you, you tell me how, yeah, how what good you it was. Think, what do you think? I know I get where Matt was coming from. Um, on the other foot, though, you need to remember that um, I suppose I'd say... 90% of the people that went there probably booked it the day the the, the, the dates came oh, out. Of course, yeah. Aye. Of so, course, like, ab- it was, absolutely. For that point of view, obviously, would everybody that was there have loved for us to get that one against Shakhtar to keep it alive? 110%. Still gone there that you know you're probably going to get a doing anyway. Um, as I said it on the last podcast, being realistic, you know what I mean? We're going to get a doing. and I we did get a bit of a doing. Um, it's not a surprise, but... Um, Listen, I'm sure you're all the same. You touched on it there, Martin. Not following Celtic since you were a boy. It's, it was always any time we went to another European game. It's oh, the draw came up. Oh, I want Madrid. I want Madrid because we were getting Barcelona and AC Milan to beat the band. You know what I mean? So when that came up, I think everybody's reaction was, "Oh my God, can't believe it!" After all this time, look at. I don't care how much it is. I don't care what direction I'm going to get there. Just get me there. You know what I mean? Get me a ticket. And then I think everybody that was there, especially Matt, obviously Paul, I mean, you were on the same flight and that, hanging around with the same people. Everybody you spoke to, it was the exact same conversation. A lot of lads there is like, this is your Tartan Army point, a lot of lads were there, I don't have a ticket and I don't care. I was here to soak up the atmosphere. I just wanted to come here, visit the stadium, be here with Celtic. And it was unbelievable that we were trying to guesstimate how many Celtic fans were there. And we were thinking maybe 15,000, if no more, because it was hard to describe. You were walking down random streets in Madrid, like nowhere near the centre, and bumping into Celtic fans. Down the metro, every time, loads of Celtic fans. 
in the city centre, of course, it was packed, but even in random streets outside the centre, <laughs> you were turning a corner and bumping into Celtic fans. It was, it was just mental. And the, the, the highlight of it at the end, or sorry, not the highlight, but the main point at the end was after the game finished when the Madrid fans emptied the stadium. You could actually see how many Celtic fans were in the stadium. And yeah, looking awesome. there's, there's, a, there's a good, I'd say, six or 7,000 in the stadium. And then you think how many lads never get tickets. A lot of many lads were still back in Madrid, which is Aye. was crazy. I never thought about that actually. Oh, loads! Like how many, the, the, how many the, lads the, are still there? No. <laughs> well, <laughs> they boys that were on their Lingus flight on the Thursday, they're still there. They got <laughs> they got offered an extra two days in Madrid and took it. <laughs> um, well, I wish that was me. So okay, here's my. So I suppose yes, that's the reason why I, I love Martin Henry because you, you you sort of put that professional sports person on. And you look at it from that sort of point of view, but again, I'm Paul the Romantic, and I'm not going to lie, I cried in the Champions League. Come on, the see the music, come on. I think, well, I'm not going to speak for Murdo, but I think Murdo was getting a bit emotional. But I, I yeah, I just, I was thought about my granddad, I thought about people that supported Celtic all their life who wasn't there, and thought about Stephen McHugh, who'd, who'd passed away in COVID. And I just sat there and listened to Championship. Champions League music and I just cried one. I just I I am a romantic. I, I fully believe that Celtic deserve to be there. I believe that their history, their culture, their the Celtic fans deserve to be at that stadium and they deserve to play in that sort of uh, those top events. And again, you know, I, I couldn't care less about the Champions League game. I couldn't care less about the Champions League point. At that at that time it was just raw emotion and I think that's what football is for me, and it probably always will be. Uh, and I can't, I can't remove myself from it. Like I'd love for my dad to be there. I'd love, Dan. I suppose you yourself as well. If your dad had been there, I just it was so emotional and it was so good uh, to, to to be there and actually to meet new friends and new people, great people, which we'll talk about later on. But yeah, I was just yeah, I was blown away. I couldn't believe I was there. I actually couldn't believe we were there. I was so proud of the Celtic fans. To man, so many people tried, and and even when the, the tickets weren't going, and you've seen grown men near enough crying the site the, the stadium because the tickets. The, you, you can tell them, Dan. The tickets. You tell them the, the ticket story. Then How, I mean, that's. I think that's his second class citizen rubbish. But anyway, when you go. So I uh, we, we'd organised tickets, and uh, the guy Charlie that lives in Madrid had organised all the tickets for folk. Fair play, the guy. Put on a like um, a lot music of people, in the pub and all a that. lot of people. They'd organise tickets for loads of people, and then the day of the match, the morning of the match, they I don't know how it works exactly, but the the Madrid uh, the Spanish police sorry pulled sixteen of the tickets, so they're like email tickets, virtual tickets if you like, and um, they pulled sixteen of them. Uh, and unfortunately, if I can, Paul and Murdo, um, one of the tickets was theirs. We didn't know which is which because on the list the two of them were doing is Danny's mate, Danny's mate. <laughs> so we didn't know which ticket we'd been pulled if it was Paul's, if it was Murdo's, exactly. But this was, but this was, this wasn't just us. This was a lot of Celtic fans had the same. Course, had there was the, 16, had the, I, sixteen in our group. In the group, alone. yeah. And there's tons of people Plus, in our group. Yeah, there was a guy there for a troth as well with his son. His son was thirteen, I think, and it was his mm. first European away game, and his ticket got pulled as well, and other things Shocker. like that. But. Oh, it was terrible, man. Like guys that travel, they just were sitting there. Like guys that booked up months ago, organised tickets, travelled over the day of the match. I look forward to the biggest game. 
and um, yeah, the ticket gets pulled, man. It was it was bloody ridiculous, but it was happening in a lot of places. Um, apparently, we we were told because of the the forty fans that were on that train up from Albacete on the Tuesday, and it sounded as if they were having a sing song, and a, the Spanish people on the train didn't like it, and the train they get chucked off the train. Then we get branded as English hooligans in the press. <laughs> so apparently that was the reason the police took a dislike to it and apparently closed a part a section of the stadium where loads of Celtic fans had bought home end tickets and they knew they had and they just refunded the money for them. Yeah, so I mean so that, that was the nice. Yeah, walking around because I, I went for a wander then trying to see if I'd get a ticket. Uh, and then just grown men just like close to tears, standing outside like that close to like the game. And not being able to had a ticket, then not having a ticket, it was kind of. I felt really bad. Like I felt, I felt like that. That two hours of my life, I was talking to lots of people because you know I'm like I'm trying to get a ticket. And I was talking to English guys. There were English guys that were like Real Madrid fans, whatever, and they said it was horrendously tough to get a ticket for this game. Every other Euro Champions League game, they get tickets. This game is just different, and the reason why it's different is because essentially Celtic are one of the biggest clubs in Europe. And forget about Real Madrid and forget about Barcelona and all these. Celtic are a massive club and they show that because of the people that follow them. And it's difficult to get a ticket. And then to get a ticket and then to have it reneged on you four hours before, it's, 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 it's heartbreaking, you know. They really, really, I was like, oh. But again, football fans get treated like third-class citizens. And to be honest, it was, no, well... I thought everybody was in the stadium. We sat beside three Madrid fans in front of me, behind me, round about me, and it was just, it was all good fun, you know. Uh, so yeah, these things happen, but yeah, and I'm I'm the romantic, romantic person. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's uh, it's where I want to be. It's where I want to. And actually, watching Celtic Europe's. I didn't realise how addictive it was. I used to love it. And then obviously I've not had it for a number of years because of having a family and all that carry on. But I was, I mean, absolutely buzzing the last five days. Just, I just couldn't, it's addictive. You can see why I used to go all the time because it's, it's just an addictive thing. And it's funny getting back to Martin's point about the whole talent army thing, if we call it that, when obviously um, Juranovic missed the penalty. And then also in the second half, and they went two, three, four, five up. Or sorry, three, four, five up. Everybody in the crowd just like, just give a goal, give something to celebrate, even though we're getting beat five now. We're not going to win the game by any stretch. And I like, just give something, you know what I mean? And then when that goal went in, it was like we'd won the game. The place was gone nuts. It was like a goal eyebrows. Everybody, bodies lying everywhere. Oh, it was, and it's such a consolation goal, but it meant so much to everybody. And it just. I said that to you straight after the game, Paul, when I met you. I was like, mm. that just made the trip, that goal. Yeah. You know what I mean? If it had been a 5 0 drubbing, instead of a 5 1 drubbing, <laughs> it just made that bit made a difference. <laughs> but Hendo, as well, as, what you find is, as well, again, I'm looking looking from, a basic, op, from basic optics. I, I live in Dublin, so my son goes to school, probably same as Dan, and there's no Celtic fans at the school. None, zero. It's all my United, blah blah blah. And Sophie, the same. The, the boys would all talk about football. They all knew that I was going to the game. They all asked Joshua, "How'd your dad get on the game?" On Monday morning, they were asking everybody at work today. Asked me, "How'd you, how'd you, did you get a ticket to Madrid?" 
these are guys that's a lot of guys from Northern Ireland who didn't even know the score was but they were still asking it just puts Celtic in well puts me in a pedestal not put me in a pedestal but puts Celtic on a pedestal of people saying well they're there you know what I mean and I just think it's an interesting concept for Celtic as the Champions League gets bigger which it seems to be it'd be nice to Celtic to be at that table a wee bit more often and hopefully with a bit more meaningful performances uh, as the as, as years roll on because we, we've been talking for years as to where I want to be I want to be a bit more competitive but I think Angie's saying baby steps first so I can't be I can't be totally uh, I'm not going to be despondent I'm going to beat 5-1 against Real Madrid because they were beasts weren't they? Yeah, they're passing the centre and we've seen that at Celtic Park as well like they're just different class so I think they'll beat Liverpool they should beat Liverpool but Liverpool can also finish and Madrid are obviously susceptible to lose their goals so I mean there was plenty of goals in last season's Champions League but just seemed to come back World Cup break will come at a good time for, um, just, World Cup will come the break will come at a nice time for Liverpool as well because they've been very erratic this season so far What's your Hendo, we're talking, I was going to ask you a question so I'm just talking about progression in AGM and the players will progress yeah. from your looking you're watching them every week right close up people like Aranovic do you think they could be another 10-20% I mean Abada Abada Real Madrid game I'm not really know if he he was lost or it was just too difficult a shift Maeda against Real Madrid I think he worked hard but I'm not really sure what he gave to the game do you think these players can give another 20% what you're looking at and do you think there is maybe another 6 months of pushing these guys along or is is Ange needing to replace them as well I don't I don't think the gains need to be as big as that I mean in sport it's always one of the kind of key things things that I remember is like having world world class basics so doing the very basic things of the game you know to an excellent standard mm-hmm. so you've got a good a good base and then day in day out what marginal gains can you create to to you know to shift your performance on just just a little bit not not 10 20% but enough to you know what can you do differently Within your own performance, so that next time you're you're bearing down on goal against Shakhtar at home, that you don't shit the bed and you know f- fluff it into the keeper's arms, that you just you know knock it past them first time. So I don't think that you know from certainly the the Leipzig and the the Shakhtar game and even the first half of Madrid. It's not massive differences. I think it's just, you know, keep getting the basic stuff right. So, you know, Joe Hart, don't hit a back pass to the opposition so they can run through on goal. You know, get all your basics right. And then, you know, some of these uh, other areas that you've got to improve on, you know, try and and make those gains so that when you're in those games next year, um, you know, you can try and flip the result on its head a little bit. I don't know that... You know, I think most of them are are, are probably playing towards a, a level of peak at the moment. Um, you know, we're playing pretty good football, and you know, we're playing in Champions League. So you would hope that the players are are finding more or less the top gear they've got and the and the top level that they that they have. That 
it's not going to be another another few seasons. Maybe some of the I don't even know who's that young in the team. There's not really anyone that oh, bad that is, young yeah. or who's that early bad on in just their career. Yeah, bad. That's maybe the youngest, but the rest are kind of and and O'Reilly's 21 as well, isn't mm-hmm. he? He's but even young, then, yeah. he's still got quite a lot of pro- he's got a lot of professional games under his belt. Um, I suppose. I suppose. I don't know. I don't. Um, it's interesting because, because like you go away and watch Celtic, you talk about Celtic for like three days. But actually, one of the things that are not going to change is Ange, Angie's way of playing football. He's not going to change that, and he makes it. He makes it. He's sure about this, so he's sure that this is the way. So we can talk about. I can talk about him being a bit more streetwise and all that carry on. But he's saying this is the way he's going to play. So we know that's probably going to be the way we're going to play in the next two, two to three years in Europe. Now, that's it. I mean, he's not going to change. So we need to get... That's what I was... But you're right, maybe the world-class basics is a, a good start, just to make sure we're not... Um, and the, the fitness levels need to be... I mean, that's the thing about Madrid, Dan. They're huge. Compared to Celtic, it was like, they're massively fit guys. The speed between, I think Celtic are slow, and I don't people might not agree with this, but I think Celtic are quite slow from front to back compared to Madrid. I think it was like seven seconds. Celtic at a corner, and Madrid are just bang shot and goal, and they're just because their level of fitness and they're able to. Is, sh- is it no more the precision as well? Like yeah, they, okay. they don't lose the ball. You know, we lose the ball a lot more, especially against better teams, and um, so we're chasing more. Whereas Madrid are more. Or better teams are better passing teams are just more hold their positions pass 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 you know we've seen it so many times um, against Madrid in both games their accuracy is ridiculous it's yeah, off it's the charts the, you need to have the vision to see oh I'm standing on my own 18 yard line but actually if I hit that ball over there my left midfielder can run onto it at pace he's not going to have to break stride so having the vision to be able to do that hit the ball accurately and execute it to perfection, but also have a teammate who can read that that's what you're going to do uh, and then break up the the park. And as you say, within seconds, suddenly you're bearing down on the opposition goal. Um, so that, that's just a bit, a bit about the kind of calibre of, of player yeah. um, rather than necessarily... Raw fitness. fitness. I'm sure if it was like a fitness test, Maida must be one of the, the, the strongest <laughs> and quickest players out there. But you know, he's not. He's he's not going to just jump into the Real Madrid team, is he? Because he's not kind of got that, say, that vision and that reading of the game that those players have. No, exactly. And we've seen that in a couple of the Champions League games. The, the chances he had, and then that cross he hit. He tried to put it across the box. Was that the Champions League as well? And he's blasted it right at the park. Yeah, um, I think it was. I think it was a champ- <laughs> Fucking bang right in the like stadium. Like. The touch the other side. <laughs> so just things like that. You, you, I was going to say never, but it probably rarely see a Real Madrid player doing that. It's, the accuracy is just, um, it's always there, you know. That's how they're so good. They take their chances. No, it's know, it's so. just interesting because we know now, like, we basically, Ange isn't going anywhere. It looks that way. Touch wood, but so this is what we've got. So it's just how he's going to produce a better, a better team for next year. 
Well, he's always going to he's always going to be looked to strengthen the team. He's not going to no sign anybody. Mm-hmm. So there will be obviously a couple of new faces that come in. I'll be surprised if there isn't, and maybe he'll find somebody with that little bit of extra more class. Um, using the selling point of the Champions League, you know, maybe he will get a better calibre player. Um, that will move on a couple couple of the lads. Don't know who exactly, but who knows? And it's sort of about money at the end of the day. If we've got the money to pay to get a better player in who can now read that better ball or put in that better pass, uh-huh. then we will get better at it, you know. I look at a bad in the Champions League. I, a guy's only 21, I'm not slating him by any shape of the imagination, but just sometimes just bad decision making, bad timing. You know, and the decision making at critical points when you've only got a split second, whereas in the SPL you maybe have two seconds to think about it, you know. That, that's the difference. Yeah, I think uh, I think the Australian midfield player that signing is a is a I think he's I think he's a good player, but I think it's a waste of strip. I can I say that? Is it a waste of strip? I think with Turnbull on the bench Turnbull should play instead of him because he's younger and he should really play. So I, I don't know. I think that was a missed opportunity. I think we could have got a better player. I'm not saying he's not a bad player. I just thought he sort of that was a sort of player that came in. He used to play for St. Mary and he's kicked about the English leagues and he's playing against Real Madrid in the Champions League. He got like lots of minutes. I'm just thinking, and sh- should have been able to maybe find a better midfield player or play Turnbull or maybe that's me again. I'm nitpicking. But that was an opportunity, I thought, to strengthen our midfield. You're not liking Turnbull, no? Yeah. I was just going to say, Turnbull and Moy would have a very close foot race. Um, is one thing. So Moy's obviously looks pretty slow, but Turnbull is not looking the, the quickest either. I don't know if he's just not got enough games under his belt this season. Um but he's also he's lost a bit of popularity, I would say, at the at the ground as well. Um, I think when we signed him was it two years ago. Yeah. Um, you know there was a lot of hope for him and people wanted him in the team. And then last season he was he was pretty good the the first half of the season, wasn't it? And then he got injured. But aye, there's just something not quite right there and. I definitely say a few of the fans are getting on his back a bit and to say he just looks a bit slow. Um he can't really he doesn't really travel with the ball very well. Um if someone kinda gets in front of him, he'll never try and beat them. He'll just he almost does like a little bit of a Barry Ferguson pirouette. He just like turns on the spot, yeah. Yeah. Um so I think that's frustrating people a little bit. Um so I don't know. He he's someone that needs to um, win over the fans again. Um, it's a bit of a shame. He should have had an, he should have enough goodwill, but uh, there's definitely something missing at the moment, and uh, the fans are letting him know about it. Is he being played? Is he being played at a position, Turnbull, when he comes on? Just like when he was doing that well for us, he was kind of getting more of a free forward role. Um, yeah, I kind of feel, like yeah, feel like he was almost the 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 most most advanced role, wasn't he? He was um, doing well. It was, was like it was like him or Rogic would play in that more advanced role between yeah. the 
the kind of the attackers in the midfield, but I don't know, I kinda of feel like the midfield plays pretty pretty flat. I don't know if that's right. maybe you maybe your, your wing backs coming in more. Um and the the guys in front of the uh, behind the attackers sitting deeper, you know, so maybe that's what it is. I don't know, Andrew obviously sees something there that he played Moy in front of him. Moy doesn't exactly say the hell they're like. Um, but obviously, maybe maybe that was him thinking, oh, Moy can hold the ball more or hold the ball better. Maybe he's a bit more active in Turnbull, but I don't, if that is the case, I don't see it. No, I think I said to... Sorry, just one last one on that. I think it was to Mike I'd said on the phone the other day um, was... If you watch Moy playing for another SPL team, or SPFL team, you wouldn't be looking to sign him. Yep, he, was, he was playing for like Hibs or Aberdeen or anything at the moment. You wouldn't be like, oh my God, we have to go out and get that guy. <laughs> so so going back to the, the point actually a couple of weeks ago about the Celtic and long balls. So me, me, me and Dan were watching. Me and Dan. We're watching it. I've got a funny story for you about Pat Bonner, but anyway. Me and Dan were watching some of the old Celtic games and it was Tom Rogic that hits the long ball to to sure. Kyogo. And then I started saying, Dan, what? could I took Tom, Tom Rogic could have played? And then he's like, oh, I don't know. And then, then Dan says, Tom Rogic playing for what, Stoke City or something, is he? West Brom. West Brom, what a waste. West Brom. And then my wee brain started thinking... With Tom Rogic, I've given us a different element in Europe, a wee bit more classy San Diego. But then I spoke, that ship's gone, you know what I mean? But yeah, it was Tom Rogic hit the long ball to Kyogo, so you're not going to get any long balls if you don't, as Dan said, if you don't, don't have anybody to see them. Kyogo did. Kinda, oh, yeah, I was going to say, Riley kind of done one on Saturday as well against Motherwell, you know what I mean? Against Dundee United, sorry. Kind of put it through for the fourth goal. You know what I mean? My either yeah. run past him and a bad finish. There wasn't such a long ball, but it was half length of the pitch. <laughs> yeah. The final long ball. Well, he did. He just kind of looked up and hit it in the in the channel for someone to run onto. Yeah, my either blocked the defender and a bad run onto it. But sorry, you're saying, Paul? No, no, it's just, again, it's those little class types of football players that you're sort of saying, OK, could he make a difference against... Not Real Madrid, but per se, giving us a better opportunity to play a bit more football that Dan Ange wants to play. But Rogic just, definitely had the vision. He definitely had the vision, yeah. Back to talking about people having great vision, you can see the runs and stuff. Rogic definitely had that. Kyogo definitely. I mean, yeah. sitting watching Kyogo up, for, uh, sitting there in our, our, our seat in Real Madrid, I was, able, I was watching Kyogo make run after run after run and not being hit. And even when Jota came on, Jota was like doing old Bobby Petter, give me the ball, give me the ball, and it was taking ages to come to him. Martin, it was taking, I was like, get the ball to Jota, just give him the ball. Like, he's the number, he's the guy that's going to make something happen. And he did, he was, but it's taking too long for the Paul McStay pass to hit him. You know that way? It was one pass too many in the middle of the park, like, just give it to the flair player. Okay, again, that maybe that's not Ange's style, but. Just, just release, release, release the man. I mean, release the guy that's on it. And you knew that Jota, the minute he walked on that pitch, that was a dream come true for him, and he was going to give it his best football. I just thought the ball wasn't going quick enough to him. Uh, and okay, the, the pitch wasn't that great, but that, that's maybe maybe that's the difference when you buy a vision player. O'Reilly tried it; he put it at the park, but you just need to get that 
as Dan says, that ball quicker, that ball quicker, accurately, and that'll give you this this wee bit more space, a wee bit more space to do what you want to do, you know what I mean? But uh, yeah. But apart from that, Dan, I mean your relationship's sound, eh? We're still best friends, travelling together. Yeah, no tonk checking. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking he dragged. <laughs> How smelly was the flight coming home? Jeez. <laughs> 400 degrees on a Ryanair flight fully focused on the booze for three days stinking the only, the, only, the only sober Scotsman in Madrid and I just I was like right I'll go do some breathing exercises and I mean what were we like so I was like big big breath in I was like <laughs> <laughs> it was stinking absolutely stinking oh, flight air was much better the boys from Belfast pretending to open the plane door from our 35,000 feet in the air me Spanish woman shine herself. <laughs> and uh, the boy was at nine o'clock in the morning. The boy, it, it took him like ten minutes. Dan was sitting up the front, and I had this sort of bird's eye view of the whole thing. I was sitting sort of eighteen. This boy just went nuts for two hours, didn't he? It was like <laughs> it was like you know, it was like having like Rory or me Joshua on about up the Niles. That's what it was like. But this guy was like twenty five years old or twenty nine years old. And, a big massive dude absolutely <laughs> fine man the seatbelt sign hadn't even come off yet and he's down the front asking the trolley doll if, um, if he could buy a drink the seatbelt sign's still on so I'd be can I buy a drink but in there fucking five minutes <laughs> the, boy, the boys even like 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 it's like I don't know what time our, our last flight's at ten o'clock me and Dan have a romantic walk down to the, to, to the gate and there's these guys just, these guys go down the go down the kids playground slide I mean you're like where are you, where are you getting the energy from guys I mean oh, fun, fun 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 to be young again and then Dan straight away Mikey hey Martin Dan's sitting saying to me right straight away he's like oh, that's a young team in the toilets and I'm like what do you mean the young team he's like the young team on my am I not part of the young team? He's like, you're 45 year old. You're past that. <laughs> I thought I was still part of the young team. But yeah, we basically were we were watching Packy Bonner. Um Packy Bonner nineteen eighty nine in the in the a restaurant. And then I was slagging Packy Bonner off on a Dan. Yeah. I mean he could at least have pulled Anton Rogan at the fire with that one. I mean when Brian Irvin scores it was and the Celtic Aberdeen final 89 Scottish Cup final yeah, Charlie Nicholas Charlie Nicholas had the best penalty kick ever didn't he top corner for, for Aberdeen aye. for Aberdeen with that cracking Aberdeen it was like cheese against Dundee United <sighs> <laughs> you remember that one so we were sitting there we were sitting there was it not 90 did we not did we not beat uh Beat Rangers eighty nine. Sorry, sorry, yeah, eighty nine. Joe Muller. Rangers eighty nine, and then lost. Eighty nine, ninety. Aberdeen. That was that eighty nine, ninety. Yeah. So we're sitting watching it. And uh, I, I, like obviously, he's slagging Packy. <laughs> I wasn't. See, I was just saying. I was just saying Packy could have done more of an effort. Like he did, he wasn't doing much, was he, Dan? Come on, give me. No, he wasn't. He, he wasn't. Was, he was fucking shite at penalties, he always was. Dan kept saying he's rubbish at penalties, he's rubbish at penalties. I was like, right, fine, whatever. And um, then I started doing the old, he, at least he could have done a bit of diving. I'm doing sort of diving, physical diving moves, sitting in the restaurant. And then I feel Dan just pulling up me, pulling up me. I thought, like, what is it? It just turned out it was, it was Big Packy. <laughs> <laughs> I keep on a stun in there. You'll be able to piss at him. Ah, fuck. 
kidding, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I was dying to go over and talk to him, and I just didn't want to do it because he just looked quite ag- he looked quite aggressive, to be very honest. <laughs> He looked pretty pissed off eating his chicken chips. He's still going to make a bit of an effort for Anton Rogan. I mean, pure Anton carried the can for that one. Oh. But yeah, it was great. It was great. Dan, you enjoyed the Celtic the Celtic supporters in Madrid. It was brilliant, wasn't it? You, you, I loved it. Like, I loved it. But it was good sitting there. You had some good... They were uh, a big shout out to Charlie Harley and set up, obviously, Roxy's 63, the bar in Madrid. Yeah, um, it was brilliant fun. It was absolutely brilliant. He put on a band and stuff uh, both nights. There was music there both nights and loads of people there. Um, ah, it was absolutely a great trip. Met loads of folk I hadn't seen since I'd left school. As you say, Martin, it was like um, um, Scotland trip. We had this folk I hadn't seen in years. No, that really just on the one trip. And then folk who obviously see it a lot of away games. So. That's good, though. Memories will last a lifetime. Well, if you can put anything. Dan's a local celebrity, I'll tell you. There was even an impromptu on the Tuesday night. Me and Dan were sitting together and we started like riffing. We started doing a bit of podcast stuff. I mean, we were doing it with the crowd, with the crowd in the palm of our hands. One person. (laughs) They couldn't get away. Big shout out to Rory Kerr, a new listener. Yeah, yeah, Rory's listening. Now he's listened to about 40 of them, so. We had a hundred odd listens on the day of the Madrid game. Yeah. Because yeah. we were standing in the streets selling the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Harassing folk to download it on Spotify. It's like nine o'clock. I was going through the hotel rooms, turning their phones on. I mean, <laughs> put the podcast on. <laughs> ah, it was a good crack. Ah, it was great. It was really good. So, yeah, that's us for the... I'll do ours for the night maybe do another one this week I want to talk about more about Madrid I've got more funny stories but I just thought we talked I actually I couldn't believe what happened at the weekend even though I know Rangers are rubbish and okay I was I was knee deep in follow follow all day follow follow was exceptionally brilliant it was just a phenomenal follow follow Sunday but I couldn't believe they've given up so much given up that easily you know what I mean just rubbish the reason why Tav was getting shouted at I was reading the papers, was it wasn't to do with them playing rubbish, it's they didn't go over. Geo just went up the tunnel and the players just went up the tunnel. I can hear the boys shouting at him, the boys shouting, we've travelled, we've followed oh, us see, everywhere. And then at, at the end of the game, yous just walk up the tunnel and don't come over and applaud us. Yeah, that's scumbag stuff. But the it? one guy that did go over and applaud, Kolak, who mm. gave somebody shot, the Rangers fans then abused him. <laughs> so how do you win? <laughs> you don't. You get given out to Fernogan over and then when you dig it, you get abused anyway. I was sitting looking at the, the, the leagues or the, the players that are playing so Rangers could have had Andy Halliday's plenty of skin Andy Halliday Barry Mackay Nicky which his face that scored against him Stevie May they could have Stevie May they could have the Greg which his face that they'd signed the other guy that's playing for the, the other guy that played for Aberdeen they could even had Shanklin if they wanted I'm sure Shanklin would have signed for them they, I mean all these has been foreigners they pay over the odds for they actually could just put, assemble a half decent Scotland team Scottish team for nothing because Stevie May could get thrown in there and they'd make a better effort a better fist of it than this lot you know what I mean but actually I just couldn't believe they've given up that easily delighted well, we, we can't talk we've still got a Yeti and stuff like that have we not have we still got him yeah fuck no he's not playing <laughs> I know that <laughs> sure we've got a few lads in there I think he went I think a Yeti, Sorrow, 
Parkast. They're all the way. I don't know if they're sold or loans, but they're not here at the moment. Scott Bain's still there. I looked at the, 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 the squad today. Uh, Scott, Scott Bain's still there, you know what I mean? But yeah, we'll, we'll talk about the analyzer of Dundee United, the goals we lost against Dundee United and our sort of scrappy defender. Maybe another day, or maybe I'll get another couple of people on during the week because I'm still I'm Celtic buzzing just now. But Dan, we've got to go again, Dan. I'm, I'm all over this now. I'm actually Lausanne and. Uh, actually, and you know it's a funny thing being an old man like I am, walking around the football stadium and realising you didn't know anybody. I used to know a lot of Celtic fans. Like I, like I, you know what I'm like. I'm like the wee talkative boy that I talk to everybody. So I used to walk around away games, even in Europe. I'd always bump into like three or four people, easy, and I know different groups. But the world's totally changed, and like I was looking for people, and I was like, "There's nobody here. It's just me on my toad, <laughs> crying. Give me a ticket, please. Give me a ticket." But then after that, I think we made some friends. Then it was great, wasn't it? Ah, see, that's lovely. Oh, wow. There's a lot of folk for Hamilton there, so it made it easy. Um, oh, so And then bump into people for Hamilton. Hendo, you've got to come to the next one, Hendo. I don't care, you're, you're coming to the next one. I, I walked off the Metro, at, um, where was it, um, P11, or P12, sorry, which mm-hmm. was the last, before the hotel, got off there. You're kind of in the middle of nowhere, you're 20 minutes north in the centre of Madrid, we're walking up to the hotel. And there's a guy across the road at a bus stop with his two kids and his kids got a celly tap on. So now we just look there and wave. Next time he shouts back, Daniel, what's the chance? <laughs> Some boy with a bland tire that went to school, my big brother. You know what I mean? Fucking middle of nowhere, man. Middle of nowhere. Fucking. Because I, I was walking around, Martin, the whole time, just walking around the street. You know what I'm like? I, I really like Madrid, so I was kind of. I'm pure like Billy No Mate. So Dan was up at Roxy's and I'm just kind of walking around different bits of Madrid. And honestly, the amount of small kids that were there with their fathers playing in the, you know what I mean? Girls, boys were playing in the play swings with their selling strips. And I'm like, how, how do you manage to bring your kids over? They just wanted to be there, even no chance of a ticket. I've never seen so many families at an away European game, honestly. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. Both of them. Like, we girls and boys, just like we lassies and boy, boys, like six year old, seven year old. I'm like, what's going on there? You know the way you go in a away game and the young team's always kicking the ball in the air in the main square mm-hmm. and it lands forever and it gets kicked again. It's kicked. Mm-hmm. It, was all, it was all wee kids that were grabbing the ball at the time with selling strips. Fucking left, right and centre. Great to see you, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, I've got Josh, I say to me, when are you bringing me, Dad? I'm like, look, just get take it with skin of my teeth, you know what I mean? But yeah, Hendo, next year, coming next year, Kier, coming next year, none of this nonsense, you know what I mean? And, uh, yeah, loved it, Dan. I appreciate it. And thanks, everybody. I mean, we might do another one during the week. We might do a funny one. I'll tell funny stories about Madrid. Maybe we'll do a pri- we'll do a private one. We'll send it on. Your man Jerry. Jerry was on the phone to me all morning trying to get on the podcast, Dan. You have to tell him to just stand down a bit. I mean, Jerry was on the phone this morning. Ah, he's like, can I come on the podcast? Come on, Jerry. No, no. You got to take your time. I've got like sign contracts with other people. <laughs> Three split split a poor money fake cast between us three and Mikey. <laughs> I'll get ten cents. Do you split split five cents? Can you two <laughs> two one? <laughs> yeah. But thank you everybody for letting us. Uh, thanks for getting us the tickets and thanks for just just having so much fun. I met so many good people. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And if you can listen to us on Spotify and iTunes and. Even though Mikey Dan tell nobody about the podcast, like all his best friends don't know he's got a podcast. We've done about 120 of these bad boys, you know what I mean? And Dan's like shyest man in Britain. 
Maybe. The problem is, every time I put it on the chat, the Celtic chat, we're on about 4,000 messages always coming at the same time. So yeah. we'll just keep missing it. It's just one of the chats. It's ping, 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 ping. Yeah, that's good okay. fun. That's how it's on mute 24-7. <laughs> yeah, we're here. We're still here. We're still having good fun. And uh, yeah, thank you guys for listening to us. And thanks Celtic for the Madrid experience and, uh, and uh, Dundee United. And hopefully it's just going to be We'll get a World Cup. I like anybody watching the World Cup. A couple more games, World Cup. And maybe, is there anybody putting heart, money on hearts beating, beating them Ibrox? It's no way. No way in the world hearts are beating. No way in the world hearts are winning that game. No way. Depends hearts team turn up. No way. Like, they just just 2 nothing Rangers. Oh, sorry. Look at Aberdeen. If they, if, they play, if they play against Rangers like they did against us in the first half at Tynecastle, they win my shout, you know what I mean? They harassed the life out of us that first half. Devlin. Devlin, yeah. he's, I think know. Rangers are struggling if the, if the teams are sitting in. Um, they're just they're struggling to break them down at the moment. I was, watched about that St. Johnston game and they just didn't know what to do. They just I don't know how many crosses they put in, but so if, if Hearts if Hearts sit in, um, they can certainly make it difficult. But I think Aberdeen came to play and that was fine. Rangers out, outplayed them, so probably just depend, depends how Hearts, Hearts approach it um, but I think I think Rangers will win that game as well um, but then they're, away, then they're away on Saturday who, who have St. they got to win because we're at home St Martin I think I think it's Hearts and St Martin I think it is yeah I, think. I mean that's a nightmare for yeah. them happy days happy days anyway thank you gentlemen I'm going to go and Read some more follow follow chat. <laughs> oh, such a sad individual, but I'm so happy I am. And uh, Dan, thanks again for coming on because I know me and you spent 27 hours <laughs> straight each other. Get with me. <laughs> the Hendo, thanks. I'll probably never ever forgive you for your calling me the Tartan Army, but we'll, we'll go over it. We'll go over it as the years go on. And you, you and Martin, yeah, uh, you, and Mike, you, and, you and Mikey Dow can't be having conversations. Like just, I'll, I'll record the conversation, just put it up as a podcast. You can't be having just phone calls, you know what I mean? You were out of the country. You were on your, you were on your football holiday. On my football holiday. I have to work that out. I have to do that next time. All right, fantastic. Thank you so much, guys. Hail, hail. Cheers. Thank you, guys. Bye-bye. One hoops. <laughs>